When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. Today, I would like to talk to you about guns. I had another road trip, and on this road trip, I was listening to podcasts and stand-up comedians and all that sort of stuff that helps you get through road trips, helps you eat up the miles, right? Takes your brain to another place. And I ended up listening to a comedian talking about guns and gun culture in this country. And I realized that guns are a much, much more complicated issue than I had ever thought of before. I mean, I always knew that they were um, controversial and that there were strong opinions regarding the Second Amendment and, you know, the right to bear arms and all this sort of stuff and um, so forth. Yeah. But um, never fully appreciated the gravity of all that went into that. Um, A lot of what we see in movies and television shows us sort of the good guy with the gun trope. And a lot of what we see on the news shows us sort of the bad guy with the gun. And so I think that it is safe to say that we all, growing up in this country at least, have a complicated relationship with guns. And so today I'd like to ask a question. 
Um, I'll ask it twice in the beginning and at the end. But I'd like to ask, do guns do more harm than good? So here's some of the thoughts I've been thinking. I've been very fortunate in my life to have been able to travel. Um, I've been to all 50 of the U.S. states, but one of the things that all the states have in common is that they're all subject to <laughs> the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And, you know, we have a federal government. And so um, our relationship with guns is more or less constant, regardless of where you go in the country. But I've also been to lots of cool places around the world. And it is true that in America, we definitely have a gun problem. In other places, guns are very much an afterthought. And in this country, guns are a lot more sim like central to our culture, to our identity. Um, you know, where I live in Arizona, this was once and still in a lot of ways is the Wild West. It's not uncommon to see a person just walking down the street with a gun in a holster, like out of a spaghetti Western movie. Um, still freaks everybody out, but, you know, you'll get that a few times, you know, a year maybe, just depends on how social you are. Um, you'll see folks that are just completely doing that. And it's totally fine. It's totally legal. Uh, some of the other places I've been to, though, guns aren't even a part of their law enforcement. You know, in, in Hong Kong, for instance, they have nobody has guns. Um, none of the, the people have guns. Um, and in New Zealand, you know, the police, they have guns, but they keep them in the trunk of the car. So there's like they don't carry a gun on their person just in case, you know. And once upon a time, I was sitting down with a, a business partner of mine, Sean, and he, he told me something that kind of stayed with me. Um, this was at the beginning of the uh, pandemic when no one knew what to expect from the grocery stores or if there was going to be mass looting or people were going to be breaking into other people's houses or whatever. And he's a father and a husband and understood that if bad turned to worse that he would not be in the best position to protect his family because again where he lives in arizona there are lots of guns um and he would be the only person who didn't have one and he ultimately decided that he didn't want to purchase a gun um because what he told me was that guns bring about gun energy. And what he meant by that was having a gun uh, increases the likelihood that you'll find yourself in a scenario where a gun is central to what's happening. And I think that what this does is it shows us our culture, if we choose to see it through this particular lens this is a great aperture into our lifestyle and then when you compare it to say 
the lifestyle of our brothers and sisters who live in New Zealand, where a gun is like a big deal, um, you start to realize that, you know, Sean may have been onto something. You know, guns bring about gun energy. Um, a statistic that I heard recently, I believe it was in that same stand-up, and again, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I believe it to be accurate, um, was that owning a gun increases your chances of getting shot by 80%. So I guess I'll ask the question more than once. Do guns do more harm than good? So there are a lot of things in place that we do around this country, at least, to try to mitigate the risks associated with there being so many guns in the country. Uh, some places require that the guns are disassembled or there are organizations that promote gun safety that suggest that maybe the gun should be disassembled, you know, if it's in the home um, to prevent accidents, etc. And then there's a different school of thought that says that, well, having a disassembled gun kind of defeats the purpose of having the urgent response device at the ready. If someone has broken into your home and is actively rummaging through your belongings or causing harm, you don't have time to go and get the gun and then put it together and then engage. Um, this doesn't make sense, right? Brings me back to that same question. Do they do more harm than good? Um, there's, there's something here that I feel hasn't really been suggested out loud the way that it probably needs to be. And that is that uh, the decision to acquire a firearm is one that is made out of fear. Here's what I mean. If you ask the typical gun owner, you know, what they have a gun for, some folks will say, oh, I have it for hunting, I have it for sport these sorts of things, you know, very small amount of people will say these things. But a vast majority of people will say that they have their gun for protection. And if I were to take a gun, set it in the middle of the table in front of me and look at it, it is not offering me any protection. A bulletproof vest, you could argue that that provides protection. You know, a, a bomb shelter, <laughs> a tank, you know, where there's more than one purpose. A tank is transportation, it's protection, and it also has a weapon to engage um, offensively. But a gun is just a device that was created to end a life. It's the only purpose that it serves. It's not a field knife where you can use it to carve wood or cut up dinner. It's not anything like it just exists to end a life, to terminate life. And I'm sure you can tell by now, for a person like me, 
that is not something that I feel I am supposed to do in this lifetime. That's not to say that I don't recognize that guns have their place in society and that the people around me <laughs> uh, uh, feel the same. The, the people around me feel very differently. And in fact, you know, some of the people that I employ, um, it's a part of the job description, you know, that they um, know how to use uh, a gun. But for me personally, I just, I don't think that my purpose is to end a life. And so I don't have any guns. But again, that decision for an individual to go and procure a, a gun is made out of fear. And here's what I mean. What if someone breaks into my house? What if someone attacks me? What if someone tries to rob me? What if the zombie apocalypse happens? What if I'm the only person who doesn't have it? All those what ifs are based off of a fear of what could potentially go wrong. None of these reasons um, are valid if you try to frame it around protection. And just think, like if someone has, if, if someone does attack you and if they have the drop on you, <laughs> you know, someone decides to engage first before you're aware that, okay, it's going to escalate to that point. If they got the drop on you, you taking out a, a gun isn't necessarily going to protect you. And so this word protection, I think it kind of insulates us from the reality of the situation, which is th these things are dangerous and they have shaped our society in such a way to where we, uh, again, have a, a very complicated relationship with them. You know, gun deaths are off the charts crazy. A lot has to do with suicide, but. I think in this country, I think that even culturally, we feel that life should be given the highest priority. So even people who don't use guns to harm others, they only use them to harm themselves. This is something that we feel is wrong, right? And of course, there's mass shootings and there's school shootings and there's, you know, violence and all, all, in all communities across the board. And the permanence of gun violence oftentimes means that, you know, many people don't get a second chance to do it right. Not just that, you know, uh, if you're like me, you know, I come from Compton, California, which is where I was born. Very, very tough environment when I lived there in the 80s, when, you know, at the height of the crack epidemic. Having a gun in that environment almost to a lot of people, almost felt like a necessity, you know, if you wanted to live, right? Um, if you wanted to have enough respect to be able to move around unbothered. And, you know, I think it's important for us to ask ourselves, is that the world that we want to live in? You know, um, should we always be ready to, to kill someone? You know, I carry my phone with me everywhere I go because I'm always ready to make a call. I carry my keys with me everywhere because I go to a lot of places that require locks. So I'm always ready to get through a door. 
you know, I carry my watch with me so I know what time it is. Carry a gun with me so I can kill someone, you know. So um, carrying a gun just kind of feels like a lot, right? I also don't carry a lawnmower with me everywhere I go. It just doesn't feel necessary. Um, and to be fair, yes, lawnmowers are things that you keep at your house if you want to, you know, ensure that your house runs smoothly. But again, there's a lot less dangers that come with lawnmowers. And often enough, the uh, implications of an accident aren't as permanent or severe um, as those with a gun. When you reconcile that with the real, the, 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 the verifiable, statistical likelihood that something bad is going to happen to you, you start to realize, well, I bought into this fear culture and I'm living in this, what if something bad happens to me? When the truth is, these things almost never happen. And when they do, it's not likely that a gun would drastically shape the majority of the outcomes where something drastic does happen. And so that brings us back to the question that, while I thought I'd only asked twice, seems to be a vein that has run through this entire thought experiment. And that question is, do guns do more harm than good? I think it's a question for us all to answer individually. There's no wrong answers here. I know that the world is a very different place for my sister than it is for me. I know it's a different experience for her walking home at night, walking to her car in a parking lot than it is for me. Far be it for me to suggest that she live her life any certain type of way. But I think that these questions need to be asked because if we take a step back and look at it, I think a lot of us would realize that guns actually take away more of our freedoms than they grant us. And they shape our society in a way to where fear is cultivated beyond our capacity to really deal with it. And if we reimagine our relationship with guns, we reimagine law enforcement, we reimagine what safety looks like, real safety looks like, then we might start to indirectly address a lot of the gun issues that we're faced with right now. Now, of course, I know it's a lot more complicated than that. And this conversation is open <laughs> to you and your thoughts. So please share them. I'd love to know. Do guns do more harm than good? I'm at Ramses Jaw on all social media. And of course, you can use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Again, I'd love to hear from you. So let's talk about it, all right? And until we do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. 